Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 538th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I thank you for making me and this show part of your day with me via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys. Gonna have Nathan Swamper on the show. Um... Talks about everything Kansas uh, for Kansas 247. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, the kingdom, Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, the enemy, what it was like beating the Eagles, all of that. Um, and before we get to that conversation with Nathan, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether via Reddit, Threads, Facebook groups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Check on the description below, specifically via Spotify. Everything timestamped, you can click on the timestamp and we'll send you to whatever part of the podcast you'd most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nitrate underscore lane. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, just type in Daryl Lane. You'll find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here. It's also my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right from the pod, then front now, we're not, folks, but just don't say anything because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And come next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Nathan on the show. Come next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, folks. $1,000. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, props, your betting options feel endless. It never ends, folks. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever, wherever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPN. Make your first deposit and get risk-free bets up to $1,000 again. That's promo code TPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Nathan Swaffer with us for Kansas 247. How you doing, man? I'm doing a lot better than I was a few weeks ago now that the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. <laughs> so how does it feel to be back on top? Oh, man, it feels it feels fantastic. That was such a great game uh, that just had everything in it. The NFL scriptwriters did a great job, if you know what I mean, but no, I mean, it, it feels absolutely fantastic. It's great to see the Chiefs get back to the top, really get that respect that it didn't feel like they really got much of this season more than anything. When the Chiefs were down going into the second half, 
how worried were you on a one to ten? Because I was texting. I'm kind of like Mahomes oh. ankle. I'm like, it, it it doesn't look great right now. I'm like, if the Chiefs don't score that opening drive in the second half, and the Eagles march right down, that could be the start of a blowout. So how worried oh, were you if not going into that second half? Well, I mean, you saw it in my text. When Mahomes came up limping, I was just, oh, no. It was it was a nightmare scenario. And coming out in that second half, it's like, I mean, I really think that a field goal wouldn't have made much of a difference. I think they truly needed to score a touchdown in that situation. And, I mean, I was I was a wreck, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I, I texted you, I thought it was over. When... When they gave that ball back to the Eagles at the end of the half, and Mahomes is limping, and the defense isn't playing well, and the offense is just—we're not sure. I mean, I—I I I personally thought it might have been over. I really did. I wasn't sure if the Chiefs were going to be able to do it without Mahomes. But man, if he didn't come back in the second half and play as gritty and as hard as he has in his career, I mean, it was just—it was unbelievable to watch. The Chiefs scored on every possession in the second half. When they needed to get it, they got it. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles just couldn't. That was kind of the story of the game for me. And also the Eagles, I mean, the one turnover, that ended up being disasterly. Uh, what happened with Jalen Hurts with that strip? Yeah. That that was, I think that was also the game because I was always saying if the Eagles don't, part of what the Chiefs were going to need, Mahomes was going to have to be the best player on the field and the Eagles were going to have to turn it over. And both both things kind of happened, and things kind of trickled more and more and more towards the Chiefs' way as towards the end of the game. Absolutely. Do do you think with the Chiefs now, right, does this Super Bowl feel sweeter than the first one? Uh, You know, I've been debating this since they won it. I've been talking with a lot of people, and I don't think it does because you look at how big the first one really was. Um, I mean, they hadn't won a Super Bowl in 50 years. It had just been years and years and years of either A, we get to the playoffs but can't get far enough, or B, we suck. I mean, that's that's what it felt like. I mean, you had some good times in there with, like, you know, Joe Montana getting to the AFC Championship, but then losing. Obviously, Mahomes in his first season as a starter, losing in that AFC Championship to the Patriots. You know, the Alex Smith years where the Chiefs are always good, but never good enough. So I think that first Super Bowl is just a little bit sweeter. Um, But this Super Bowl was the better game. And I don't think that's without question. So it... The first one is sweeter, but this one is pretty close, I would say. Because I don't know, you know, the first one you have the multiple double-digit comebacks against the Texans, the Titans, and then the 49ers. And then this one, you kind of have them righting the wrong against the Bengals, Mahomes having a high ankle sprain against the Jaguars, and then them coming back from behind against the Eagles, who are the best team in the NFL all year and scoring every possession. This one was kind of as magical as that one. Yeah, I think you can make that argument. But I think with that first one, it's just that factor of relief. There was true relief with that first Super Bowl because 
Chiefs fans had never really gotten to experience that. I mean, the only Chiefs fans that had experienced it, you know, a Super Bowl win were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, by the time that first Super Bowl came around, by the time that second Super Bowl came around, and then that just, that stability and that success that came from that first Super Bowl, I think is just a little bit sweeter because Chiefs fans hadn't experienced that and it was just like a nice breath of fresh air compared to what they had experienced over the previous few decades. So Mahomes with this performance, he solidified himself. It's like Mahomes is QB1 and everybody else is just like fighting for second place. Do, do you feel like, does it ever get nauseating when people try to debate? Because I think people, you know, there was a Burrow thing for a while, and there was an Allen thing, and then, you know, sometimes Brady comes back and do it, and it's like, oh, Rodgers went back-to-back MVP. But at the end of the day, like, the last five years, nobody's played at a higher level than Mahomes, and it hasn't been particularly close over the course of these last five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he truly has established himself as the best quarterback in the NFL. and I don't think... That, that really should have ever been a debate in the first place. That, that's just my opinion because he has been the most consistent quarterback in the NFL. Maybe maybe if you take out this year, you can say, all right, Aaron Rodgers was right there. But you bring in this year, Aaron Rodgers wasn't great. Mahomes had one of the best statistical seasons by a quarterback ever. And now he's got the second Super Bowl to prove it. He's already eclipsed guys like Aaron Rodgers. He's on par with guys like Peyton Manning and John Elway with rings already. And he's only had six seasons as a starter. That's just absolutely insane. What's that his fifth season? He's fifth or sixth. But regardless of what number it is, he's done that much in such a short time, and it's just unprecedented. I mean, we, whether, whether he ends up, I mean, he won't match for you. Wise, but he might get close. But I think people need to stop and appreciate that we truly are watching a generational talent that we may never see anything specifically like him again. Yeah, I've heard people say, you know, this is, I guess, what it was like to watch Michael Jordan play basketball. That's kind of the way people like that feeling that no matter what happens, you know, he's always going to win. He's always going to make the play when his team needs him the most. Which is kind of crazy to mention him in the same breath as Michael Jordan. I mean, he's one of the greatest American athletes ever. Uh, <laughs> but that's just what Mahomes has done. He just he, he instills that hope and that fear, and he's the clutchest quarterback I've seen this side of Tom Brady. Yep, I totally agree with that. And I mean, he's just he's been so consistent, and I think that's something that we forget to judge quarterbacks with is consistency because he's not only consistent with his statistics, he's consistent with his winning. He's been in the AFC Championship every single year he's played. He's made the Super Bowl three times and won two of those, won MVP in both. And it's it, it truly just is unprecedented what we're witnessing right now. And who knows? You know, Maybe it is magic and it'll go away overnight and he reverts back to just a horrible quarterback. But regardless, we're witnessing something special, to say the least. I remember Mahomes. I think he's only played five or six truly 
bad games in his career. Remember that stretch? Uh, last year, when they went through that funk, you'll probably remember this, right? When they're losing to the Titans, they got blown out by the Titans in the regular season. They went through that funk where they just weren't playing well. Mahomes started turning the ball over. The offensive line yeah. wasn't blocking. That was really the only stretch of his career where I ever remember my, myself been saying, like, he's just not playing good football. Yeah. But besides I, the... I think that I think that's the only true stretch. He's, a, he's obviously had some isolated, bad, well, maybe not even bad games, just not up to par games here and there, but that was really only the true bad stretch he's had. Which is crazy, because you'll see other quarterbacks, right, and they'll go through stretches where, like, they have one down season, or they have, like, five, six games every year where they kind of disappear and wondering, oh, they have a really bad playoff performance. And, like, that's never the case with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. So, I, I just... No, I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe. And as a Bills fan, I'm just kind of like, how do we beat these guys? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do we beat these guys? Uh, uh, hope, hope that Chad Henney's in the game. But, unfortunately, no more Chad Henney anymore since he retired. Are, were you surprised Chad Henney retired, by the way? No, I wasn't. I mean, the dude was 36 or 37. He's made plenty of money. And he's got two rings. And he'll also be remembered in Kansas City forever because he helped win win the playoff game against the Browns a few years back and then did just enough against the Jags to help them win that game. So I, if I'm Chad Henney, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And he'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a coach as well because he just seems like that kind of guy as well. So, Mahomes, where does he officially move now in your all-time quarterback ranking? So, I'm thinking he's definitely top 10 for sure, and he's really approaching the top five. I still wouldn't put him in yeah. my top five, but I think he's he's bona fide top 10. Uh, he's getting close. Um, I, I'd like to see either another MVP or another Super Bowl, and then I'll put him in my top five. Um, the Super Bowl would get him higher than the MVP. But, I mean, he's, he's quickly approaching that top five. Um, and I think in two, three years, he will firmly be there in the discussion pretty easily. Yeah, I completely, I 1,000% agree with you. So, Travis Kelsey, is he the GOAT tight end now? Three championships? No, two. Two championships. I don't know. Uh, it, it still is tough for me to decide because I don't think he's as good as Tony Gonzalez overall, but he's also one more than Tony Gonzalez. He's done as much and more statistically than Gronk, but Gronk still has the championships over him right now. So... I mean, he's right there. He really is right there in that GOAT conversation. Um, But I really am still struggling to put him ahead of guys like Tony Gonzalez or Gronk. Um, And Gronk pretty much just purely because of how truly generational he was as a true tight end. But, I mean... I think Kelsey's getting there real quick. 
I mean, another two or three truly great seasons from him, and I don't think it'll frankly be a question anymore. How old is Kelsey? He's like 33? Uh, 33, 34. So, I mean, he's, he's getting up there, but every time people think he's going to decline, he just has another fantastic season. How many more years would you give Kelsey playing at this level? Huh. If he stays healthy, I'll give him two. And then I think we'll start to see him slow down a little bit. Um, but the one thing he's got going for him is that he has stayed as healthy as any tight end ever at this level um, since he's come into the league. I mean, he's only really had a few injuries. He had one in his rookie season, which he wasn't really Travis Kelsey at that rate yet. And I think he's only missed like two games since then um, from injury. And it's the, you know, everybody says the best ability is availability. And for Travis Kelsey, I actually think that really rings true. Because if, if he's hurt for really any stretches here, the Chiefs automatically get worse and it becomes a real struggle for them to win some of these games. Yeah, that is true. And I think it is also interesting. They picked Kelsey over Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, that kind of also makes me think that, you know, with Andy Reid and Brett Veach, they think that maybe Kelsey has two, three, maybe possibly even four more years of really good productivity where they can kind of mold these things around Mahomes as well. Yep. And I think he'll probably get maybe a two- or three-year extension um, this offseason. More just to take off the cat bit. But I also think that he's probably got that much left in him still. Now, in terms of next year with their weapons, who do you think's primed to have that breakout here? Do you think it's a Kadarius Tony or a Sky Moore? Uh, I think it's well. If Kadarius Tony stays healthy, it will be Kadarius Tony. I don't. I don't have any doubt about that. Because I think the big reason Brett Veach and Andy Reid went out trading for him is to conform this offense around him. And what Tyreek Hill was, or at least somewhat similar. Um, and really, we've seen flashes of that. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl with, you know, the touchdown and the big punt return. Um, but he still got a few injury questions. I mean, even when he got to Kansas City, he was injured a few times. Um but if he stays healthy, he truly is primed for a really big breakout season next year. And I think Sky Moore could be the same way because, I mean, he really started to come on late in the year, had some huge plays in the playoffs, and is really starting to get comfortable with this offense as well. So I think they'll both have big seasons next year if they can stay healthy. But I do think Tony will have the bigger breakout season if he stays healthy. Like over or under a thousand all-purpose yards mm. for Kadarius. If he plays for at least fifteen games, I'll go over. Okay, okay. So he, if he plays fourteen, he'll go over. And how do you like the backup tight ends they have in Kansas City? Uh, I feel pretty good about them. I mean, Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. Um, have been really consistent 
behind Travis Kelsey. Noah Gray's really come on strong this year. Um, he's really started to look like a viable backup option that, you know, obviously he's not going to put up Travis Kelsey numbers if he's the primary guy, but he can be a solid tight end um, in the league. And then Jody Fortson's a really great story because he started at receiver when he came out. I think he can't remember where he went. I feel like he went to Missouri maybe, but out of college he was a receiver. And the Chiefs um, were going to cut him initially, but then converted him to a tight end. And he's only been reliable. I mean, he has pretty much caught everything that's come his way. He's a big red zone threat for them. And he's been a great option as well. So even if Travis Kelsey, I mean, let's just say he misses a game or two here, I still feel confident about Noah Gray and Jody Fortson really filling in that hole. And in terms of Juju Smith-Schuster and guys like Orlando Brown, you think both of those guys are going to come back? Probably Juju not as much, right? Juju's probably gone. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, the thing that Juju does have going for him right now is that this wide receiver free, free agent market kind of sucks this year. I mean, he's he's pretty much the top guy right now. So, um, I, I don't know about Juju. I'm still pretty confident Orlando Brown will come back. Um I'm not sure he'll play on the franchise tag again like he did this year, um, but I think Brett Beach will probably get a deal done. I mean, here's the thing. You don't trade, you know, a first-rounder, you know, a future second-rounder and some other picks for this guy and not keep him here. That's that's kind of how I look at that. You don't give up that much. Don't not sign him. The thing that I think could bring Juju back is that he works so well in this Chiefs offense and he can kind of do whatever fits because they can he doesn't have to be that guy who you're going to be the same option every single time but we can move you around and get you stretches like we saw in the Super Bowl where he got like three straight catches I mean he can be that consistent and reliable guy for Kansas City Um, but I think you're probably right I think he'll get paid by somebody elsewhere Now, in terms of Orlando Brown, people have said that he wants like the biggest tackle contract ever, or something like that. Yeah. So Brett Veach here is just playing poker. He's just trying to see what what Orlando's hand is. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'll be honest. I have always been a pretty big critic of Orlando Brown. There have been times where his just horrendous athleticism has cost him so bad and it's just been a nightmare watching him I mean there are, there are games where you think this guy wants to be paid this much and then there are games where he looks like he can be one of the top tackles in the league um, I mean if I'm Brett Beach I'm not paying him more than Trent Williams I'm not going to pay him more than you know, somebody like Trent Williams or another top-tier tackle. But I think he's worth a pretty big contract at this rate because the thing is is that he works really well with that Chiefs offensive line. That unit as a whole has been pretty strong. And even even Andrew Wiley, who has been the Achilles heel of that offensive line all year, came up and had his best game of his career in the Super Bowl. Um so that line as a whole, I feel like if Brett Beach can keep them all together, he will. And he, he may be willing to break the bank a little bit for Orlando Brown. 
Now, with Andy Reid, how much longer do you think Andy's going to be coaching? This is something I've been debating. Is, uh, can he make it to 70? I mean, i got to say max. Like, this is best-case scenario for the Chiefs. I think he stays for another three years. I think that is best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, he retires after this next year. Um, so that sounds like I you're saying right like, now that it's like he's taking it year by year. <laughs> yeah, I, I truly do think so. I mean, there were obviously all those rumors circulating right before the Super Bowl that he may retire, and then he blew those out of the water almost immediately. Um, but I will say, if he gets another Super Bowl here pretty quick, he, he may say, what, do I, what else do I need to do at this rate? Um, so I think, I think he'll be around for at least another year, if not two, but probably no more than three. Is it possible that Andy has in his mind that he wants to catch Belichick? And he thinks he has the horses to do it? I doubt it. I, I, don't, I don't think Andy Reid has that kind of mindset. I think he just has the mindset of, I'm going to do this until I think I'm supposed to be done. Um, I don't think he's about stat chasing. I think he's just about enjoying the game and coaching a great team. And, I mean, hell, if I'm coaching Patrick Mahomes, I may not want to retire either. That is true. It keeps you young. <laughs> yep. He's still got a lot of football left. So with, you know, Andy Reid, obviously, an unfortunate part of all this with Andy Reid Mahomes is what's happened to Eric Bieniemy. I, I do want your opinion on that. He's going to go to the Commanders. Uh, he hasn't gotten much traction as a potential head coach and go there to kind of prove himself. How much do you think he actually does play a role in the offense, and how much of it do you think is obviously Andy Reid is the play caller in uh, Mahomes? Um, we'll start with what he, what he did with the Chiefs. I think he had more of a role than everybody thought he did. Obviously, Andy Reid was the primary play caller. Um, that was no secret. But I also think the enemy had a much larger role than people thought. I think he probably had just as much input on those plays as Andy did. And my guess is that there were times where Eric probably was calling plays in stretches. Um, so I think he, he probably had a bigger role than a lot of people thought he actually did. Now, when it comes to the commanders, I mean, it's obvious he's going to be running the show up there, which is great. He, he should. Well, considering it's the commanders, I don't know how great that is. <laughs> But it's it's disappointing to see him not get a head coaching job, in my opinion, because it's just like the man the man wins. He wins. He's proved it consistently. He's helped develop the best quarterback in the league. And he run, he's consistently run one of the best offenses in the league, and. I hope, I hope, for the sake of him, I hope he has a lot of success with the Commanders, assuming they can get their offense figured out, because, I mean, unfortunately, he doesn't really have a quarterback to work with right now. Um, but I hope that his true skill gets recognized in Washington, and I hope that that will lead to a head coaching job not long in the future. The thing that concerns me about Washington is I think they're going to go with Sam Howell next year. Yeah. So Sam Howell, 
I mean, Deami Brown's been kind of a bust for them. John Dotson's okay. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he's okay. I mean, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, but he's not an elite wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's okay. I mean, Brian Robinson, like, the offensive line's probably mediocre. It's, it's nothing that's average to below average offensive personnel. Is that fair? Average is at, at being well, nice? I give, I give him a little below average. Okay. Not awful. It's, it's, it's not awful. The cover's not completely bare, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, it, it truly will be a test for him. If owners really want to see, well, can you play call an offense and also play call an offense, leaving the success that's not one of the top offense in the league, it really will be a true test for the enemy if you are the guy or not, which, I mean, frankly, he should have never had to get in the first place, but here we are. Do you think that maybe it would have been better for him to just stay in Kansas City, keep winning, keep stacking up his resume, keep winning those rings, and then just wait till Andy Reid retires? Or do you think he's kind of started to realize that maybe if Andy Reid retires, he might not even get the job, or Andy Reid might not retire? Yeah, that's the problem. I don't think he's he would have been the guy if Andy Reid retired, which in my opinion is absolutely ludicrous. Because now that, you know, Mac Nagy, who had come back to Kansas City to be the quarterback's coach, is now OC. They're saying that he's the guy already. They're saying when Andy retires, he's an automatic for that head coaching job, which in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, no, please, don't don't let that be true because, whew, I mean, he had the one good year with the Bears, but even when he was calling plays for the Chiefs, it was not great. I mean, he was responsible for that playoff collapse against the Titans in 2017 because people forget that Andy Reid actually relinquished play calling duties that year to Matt Nagy. And he had a master class in how not to call plays. And then he goes to Chicago and has one good year and then is just absolute garbage. Yeah, Bears fans hate Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just awful. And hearing that they want him to be the guy? I just can't understand it, frankly. I mean, yeah. I, I wish Eric Bianami would have stayed because I want him to be the head coach of the future. I either wanted him or Mike Kafka, who's now the offensive coordinator with the Giants, who was the quarterback's coach with the Chiefs before Brian Dabble pried him away to be his OC in New York. I would have wanted one of those two to be the successor. To Andy when he retires. Now, do you think so? That you know that makes sense, probably why enemy was seeing you know the writings here on the wall. Like Matt Nagy's yeah. brought back into the fold. I believe he was also like the passing game coordinator for the team this year. Yeah, I mean he had he had a pretty big role. To be honest, I mean he was right below enemy in terms of responsibilities. So. Yes. And I'm sure he was helping the, with them with the enemy and Andy Reid with the game plan. So I'm sure, you know, Eric saw what was going on, kind of started to, you know, read the room, read the temperature and realize, okay, he's the favorite son. He's going to be the guy that inherits this. It's probably not going to be me. Uh, yeah. And maybe they told him in uncertain terms, like, you know, and they gave yeah. him the opportunity yeah. to leave. Yeah. 
Now, do you think Matt Nagy is so bad he could ruin the Chiefs dynasty? I don't think he's that bad. Um, I don't think he could screw up a team this good. Because if we think about it, let's just say Andy Reid retires in two years. Patrick Mahomes is probably in really in his prime at that rate. We could say right now he is really entering his prime. And I, I would probably agree with that. So he'll probably still be there when Matt Nagy assumes control. And I'll just say, if he manages to screw that up, oh, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine because he'll be put in the best situation in the NFL. And if, if he screws that up, that is just red flag after red flag. Matt Nagy is the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. That is absolutely crazy. Uh, do you think there was any chance that Steve Spagnola could have been that guy? Or you think no? Because it sounds like you're kind of thinking it's going to be an offensive guy when Andy retires. No, it, it, it's going to be an offensive guy. And I don't think Spag would ever really be in consideration. Because, I mean, as bad as Matt Nagy was as a head coach, Spagnuolo was even worse, if we're being honest. Um, and it, it is a league trend that, you know, people are starting to shy away a little bit from defensive coordinators. You know, I say that as, you know, two defensive coordinators got hired as head coaches in this cycle. But I think with something like that, you need to keep quarterback happy. You probably want an offensive head coach. And I think that's the big reason why he would have it. And that that's even assuming that Spagnuolo's, you know, still here when he retires. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere, but, I mean, he may retire after Andy Reid's done, if we're being honest. In terms of the draft, what do you think the Chiefs are going to be looking at? Oh, um, well, I think there's a few things they need to be picking at. Um, I think your first priority right now should probably be finding some more defensive line depth. Um, Probably specifically, you want to find a guy who can play inside and out because they're going to be pretty thin after this offseason because they have a lot of guys out of contract. My guess is that they will cut Frank Clark and probably just say bye to him. And at that rate, you're kind of left with George Karlaftis and Mike Dana, who Karlaftis will continue to develop, but Dana's probably not going to turn into much besides a role player. So I think that probably needs to be the first priority is looking again at defensive line. After that, depending on what happens with the O-line, it might be good to start looking at a tackle. And I can't believe what I'm saying is Andrew Wiley actually might get a decent contract from somebody else after a Super Bowl performance, which I, I would have never thought I'd ever say that in a million years, but I think it could happen from a desperate team. Um, so I think it needs to be defensive end first, depending on what happens with the offensive line, maybe looking at a tackle. Um, and then, I mean, they could even look for some possible safety help, maybe. I mean, they've got Brian Cook. Um, it will be his second year next year, but Juan Thornhill's going to be a free agent. Um, I think you're fine at cornerbacks, though, because you've got a bunch of young guys. And they may even look at wide receiver. I mean, if they can't bring... Juju back, and they can't bring Cole Harbin back. 
suddenly you're pretty thin there as well. So they could go with with a plethora of options, but I mean, I, I won't lie, Brett Veach has proven himself as a pretty damn good grafter, so I trust him with pretty much everything. Who do you think was the best rookie for the Chiefs this year? Oh, that's hard. Because almost every rookie they had contributed in big ways. Um, I'd say it's pretty close. Hmm. Oh, that's tough. I mean, that's really tough because Brett Beach probably had his best combined draft class this year. Um, because he just, he absolutely found gems everywhere who became truly important players for the Super Bowl run. I'd say it's pretty close between George Karlaftis and Jalen Watson. Because, I mean, Jalen Watson had two, just had some enormous plays there in the playoffs, played really well. And Karlaftis really came on near the end of the season and had some big plays as well. So I'd say it's kind of a tie between those two, but then you kind of have your second tier with you know guys like Joshua Williams and Sky Moore, and those two guys were great as well. Um, but then you can't even forget about Isaiah Pacheco, who came in and became the guy for the Chiefs at running back, um, and he's probably up there with Carlathis and Watson as well. Um, boy, that's tough. I mean, because they all, they really all had their own giant impact in some way. But I'd probably leave it as a tie between Carlathis Watson and Pacheco, to be honest. And McDuffie, too. Yeah. Seriously. It's... And really, the only reason I don't think McDuffie had as big of an impact as he could have is because he was hurt for, you know, the first five, six games of the season. If he had been healthy the entire season, I mean, who knows what he could have accomplished, but I think in the long run, he will end up being the best rookie from that draft for them. Oh, so you think he'll be... Because I think it's in the running between him and Carl Afis, who's going to be the best. Yeah, I, 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 I would tend to agree. Hell, you could even throw Pacheco in there at this rate with how well he's fit in that offense. I mean, every rookie that had an impact this year, you could argue that, that they were the biggest rookie for the Chiefs this season. I mean, Brett Leach truly, I, I truly think have one of the best drafts we've seen in the last, you know, decade or so, just in terms of pure levelness consistency out of every single guy he drafted. I mean, he got, he got production out of almost everybody he drafted, and he got important and crucial production. So, Nathan, I'm thinking on the pod, man. I appreciate it. I always love talking football. I can't. I already can't wait for next season, man. I really can't. And once again, I want to thank Nathan for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'll thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 538th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. <laughs>